Let's now go on to the enforcement. This is a big rule to me, and I think this is an important rule to understand. This is a big deal. This is where the inspector comes in. First thing is the code is intended to be suitable for the enforcement by governmental bodies that exercise legal jurisdiction over electrical installations for power, lighting, signaling circuits, and communication circuits. So the, the NEC, as Mario, you brought out, that it was the installation, the removal of conductors and raceways and optical fiber cables. So chapters one through eight is the National Code. The authority having jurisdiction actually would be responsible to enforce the code that it's going to be a code installed compliant installation. That means they adopt the code. Once the code gets adopted, somebody has to approve it and the installation, and that's going to be the authority having jurisdiction. And that is a definition. And we're going to review definitions a little later on about what definitions are. So let's just make a note. Uh, Brian, you know what? Uh, why don't you pop up the code on the authority have a jurisdiction? Because I think it's important that people realize, well, who is the person that's going to be making these decisions? And we'll take a look at that. Somebody has to be designated as the person who's going to make the final decision. Mario, you work at, at Hard Rock Cafe, right? Yes, sir. And I saw it the other day, great big guitar building. It's amazing. And you you work as an inspector. And inspector, you yes. inspect the installation. So you're now, but what if I don't agree with your decision? Are you the person that's the authority having jurisdiction? Not, I'm not the ultimate uh, no. authority. There's a building official on top of me. Okay, so yeah, somebody, the electrical inspector. you're the inspector and you say no. Well, right. I'm like, ah, that's a bunch of bullets. That's not happening. I'm right. not doing that. And you and I go around and around, and I don't like what you have to say, okay? So I go and I talk to your boss. Yes. And your boss is the one that's going to make the final decision. You're going to make the decision unless somebody <laughs> challenges it. Correct. Correct. And then at that point, well, listen, you want to challenge it, go to my boss. My boss wants to say, okay, because you, you're, more than you're, mayor, you're the mayor's brother, you know what I mean? And there's politics involved in everything in the world, and things happen. And they say, we're good. And you're like, okay, you know, because I'm not making that final decision. So oh, yeah. let's move on. So the enforcement, the code is to be enforced by the authority having jurisdiction, whoever that is. The enforcement of the NEC is the responsibility of the authority having jurisdiction who is responsible for interpreting the requirements Somebody has to look at the code book, and we disagree with what it's saying. Well, guess what? If I disagree with what you're saying, you win because you're the one that has to interpret the rules. I mean, I, I can't do anything about that. But you have to have a rule. You can't just say, yes. well, I don't like it that way. I want it this way. You have to give them a code rule. Yeah, you're going to have to give them a code rule. Okay. And, and for approval of equipment and material, so you have to approve the material and the equipment. you got to say yes or no. Now, here's what's interesting about approval of equipment. The authority having jurisdiction is responsible to make that decision to approve equipment. Generally, what they'll do is they'll use the, uh, if it's listed or, or labeled, in other words, some testing laboratory has said, hey, this product meets the standard. And the inspector's like, okay, listen, I, I don't know anything about that kind of stuff, but if you have that thing listed, then you can use it. And some inspectors will say, well, I'm making, I'm, I'm making something that's never been made before. You know, it's a custom thing, so there is no listing, there's no labeling, there's, there's, nobody's tested it. That person then can approve equipment that's not listed. So it doesn't have to be listed or labeled to be accepted by the code unless the code specifically says it has to be listed and labeled. And there are many places. All raceways have to be listed. All uh, cables, cables have to be listed. Light fixtures have to be listed. 
some grounding and bonding fittings are required to be listed. So the code will get into the listing. Now, listing is another definition. So we need to make a note on definitions. So we got to look at what is listing. Well, listing means this. It's been tested and there's a list somewhere on the internet that you click on here and who makes this special fitting? I say, I do. Okay, well then you're on a list. Labeling, another definition we're gonna have to look up. That's when, you know what? I don't have to go look at a list because I just, I picked it up and oh, there's the symbol in the back there. Well, if the symbol's right there in the back, well then it's labeled. Well, then I don't have to go. I know if it's labeled, that means it's listed. But now sometimes you can't label things because the thing is, let me just pull up something here. It's too it's, small. It's so tiny. You can't, they can't put a marking on there. Okay, well, then it doesn't have to be labeled because you can't. But maybe it could be on the box or somehow we could identify that if you looked at a box, the instructions, it would have the labeling information. But I can go to a listing. I go to a website, click on whatever it is, and I can find it. So listing means it's a product and it's been certified by a, a testing laboratory and it's been listed to meet a certain standard. And it might even be marked or labeled to identify that. Did the authority have a jurisdiction to look at that thing and say, yeah, we're good. I don't care about that. But if it's unique, never been made before, well, now the authority have a jurisdiction has to make some decisions. We'll talk about that when we get into it a little later on. Uh, Mario, Brian? Um, a lot of times when it's something, like you said, never done before, there is the option of getting it field evaluated. Okay, you call that you call call the, you well the testing lab. Don't go say, out hey, there and get it field evaluated. Don't get it. Take care. But you're the one that's approving the equipment, right? And so because you're approving the equipment, you decide. Listen, I don't know. Yes. I so don't therefore, know. if you get it field evaluated, somebody says it's good. Well, then I'm going to be good with that. Yes. Okay, Brian, you were going to say something. I just wanted to kind of go back to the slide that you had up there. Um, because one thing that was a comment, the code doesn't actually say that the authority have a jurisdiction makes the interpretation of anything. And, you know, um, there's really amazing inspectors out there and there's some that take a lot of liberties with interpreting things. And, and that doesn't mean that you can change the code to what you want it to be. That means that you read the code and you apply the code to whatever the situation is. Uh, and I just, you know, as a contractor, I know I've had a lot of heartburn with situations like that. And I do the same thing with us as contractors. I know we give inspectors a lot of heartburn. You know, well, that's what I, that's how I interpret it. Well, nobody has the right to interpret anything other than you read it and you apply it to whatever the circumstances that's, that's sitting right there in front of you. Well, the authority having jurisdiction, uh, read 90.4. What does it say about uh, <coughs> in, enforcing? It does. Yeah. The enforcement. Nothing in there about interpreting? Well, it says actually, that's actually in the definition of uh, authority having jurisdiction. And it says an organization, office, or individual responsible for enforcing the requirements of a code or standard or for approving equipment, materials, and installation or procedure. Okay, read, let's read 90.4. We'll jump to 90.4. And, and Brian's going there. Okay, 90.4 right here. Okay, Brian. We'll go to Brian's computer. Sorry, I shouldn't switch. It says, this code is intended to be suitable for mandatory application by governmental bodies. I see the, including uh, the authority having jurisdiction for the enforcement of the code has a responsibility for making the interpretations of the rules for deciding on the approval of equipment and materials for granting the special permission contemplated in a number of the rules. I'm not sure what you said earlier, but, but they are responsible for interpreting the rules. Right. Applying okay. the rules to what's there, basically. Well, they're interpreting the rule, right? They, they look at the rule. They say, well, this is the way I think it's going to be. And, that, and that's what it says there in 90.4, right? Does it say the word interpreting the rule? 
So I want to make sure, because I, I can't see the phone. We're making interpretations of the rules. Yeah. Right. That's what I said. Oh, okay. What I'm saying is a lot of it doesn't mean you make up your own rules or you change the no, rules. You're taking the black that. and white and applying no, You have to have a rule, and if we disagree <clears throat> in what it's saying, then it's a done Ultimately, deal. Ultimately, the, the inspector approves the installation, right? Well, they're interpreting the rule right. the way they believe it to be, and if you don't like that, well, then you try to go up to the highest level, then that's the end. That's the end right, the end. right, right. All right, and then we're moving on here. Approval of equipment. We talked about the material. Wavering code requirements. Sometimes an installation can't be installed per the code. Uh, I know one case where they had a theater performing arts where they took the raceways, metal raceways, and they did not mechanically connect it with connectors to the panel board. They just ran the raceways. They just made larger openings, and they just ran it inside the panel board. Then they put bonding bushings and bonding jumpers uh, off of that, and they connected it to the equipment grounding terminal bar. And the raceway was not mechanically connected as required by, I think it's 300.11, that you have to mechanically terminate enclosures and making electrically conductive. And then they put like rubber boots, like a donut kind of thing around that so that debris would not get into the panel. And the argument was like, listen, we can't mechanically connect a metal raceway that goes into the auditorium or whatever your stage area because it creates a noise because alternate current has 60 hertz and that will be get picked up on the audio equipment. The inspector looked at that and says, okay, you know what? I'm going to waiver that requirement that you have to mechanically, I think it's 310, that you have to mechanically terminate that enclosure. So the authority having jurisdiction can waiver the rule, but look what it says. Oh, and ensure equipment is installed in accordance with listing and labeling instructions. So equipment is going to have to be installed in accordance with listing and labeling instructions. The inspector has a big job. A big job. And a thankless job. Because what percentage of the electrical installers or the electrical engineers or the electrical contractors really know the code? Incredibly small. Very few. And then when the inspector goes out there and they're enforcing the code, all of a sudden the inspector's this bad guy. Like, oh, you got to be kidding me. I've been doing this for 20 years. You're the first guy to this and that. I would tell the guy, listen, don't tell anybody that you've been screwing it up for 20 years. <laughs> That's embarrassing. I'm not going to tell anybody you said that to me because they're trying to validate that. So you're, are you trying to tell me that because you've been doing it wrong for 20 years, it's okay? No, that means you've been doing it wrong for 20 years. doesn't mean anything at all. So the inspector is going to get all beat up because the person did not plan it, did not understand the code, was not prepared. And now they're complaining and they're trying to figure out a way to get around that. Brian. Well, and, and this is something that I talk about a lot. You know, the system is kind of unfavorable to the electrician because the electrician may or may not know what the rule is. He does the installation. He's all done when the inspector shows up. It's yeah. not like he's finding out beforehand and he's intending to do it wrong. He thought he was doing it right. Right, Mario? Yeah. And then you show up and you're like, Dude, not that's, that's not the right way to do it. Well, he's pissed because he thought he did a great job. And now you're telling him, no, rip it all out and redo it. That, that's why it's, I think it's important as an inspector to also teach guys when you're out right. there inspecting it. And, and, and it's not so much as of a confrontation, but let's work together type deal. Yeah. Rather than just going out there and having a bad attitude. Have a good attitude and, and be an instructor out there. What I would do if I was an inspector, there's a small percentage of actual rules that people break. It's the same rules, though. Yeah. It's the same rules. I mean, it's exactly it's the same, same like, rules. A hundred years from now, would they talk about the exact same rules? If I was the authority having jurisdiction, I would make up a list of all the rules I'm going to turn you down on. I'm letting you know. And I give them to you. So 
This is the sheet that I use to give you all your violations. So here you go. What I should know, I'm going to give you the list now so that you will have the list when I turn you down. And it says strap the pipe within the. the, the, the. Do you have a list like that, Mario? Oh, yes, I do. Could you I get do. us a copy of that? Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. I can get and we you can a copy give it to that. the guys or the people that are yeah. going to get turned down. At least you know what rules in advance you're going to get oh, turned yeah. down on. Or take that list, as Mario's saying, get your code book, get your understanding Andy C book. And Brian, let's see if we can put this together, uh, maybe even put it in this book, list of common by Mario, okay? Aldez, okay, we'll put that in our book that you gave us this list, and maybe other people can give us some more information and make it a cool Oh, I have list. a huge list. Do you really? Yes. Okay. Yes. We'll make it a PDF. We'll make it a nice PDF. Yeah. All right, back to where we're getting a little excited here. The authority having jurisdiction is going to make that decision. And let me tell you something. There is a personality, the people. Some people, they just, they don't get along, right? You just, something clashes. And some people just get along great. I'm the kind of guy that just gave everybody a hard time to get go. I mean, it wouldn't matter if it was a bonding <coughs> lockdown. I would go and fight for, spend $1,000 and argue with bonding lockdown that I could use it when they said, no, you can't use a bonding lockdown. You got to use a bonding bushing and bonding jumper. But that's not, my son's an electrical contractor. I don't recommend that. Brian, I think you always had a great technique in working with inspectors. Yeah, you know, um, we traveled a lot. So we did have some cities that we, we worked in a lot, but we had a lot of areas that we were just there for maybe one job or two jobs. And so as we came into the area, we would always, or I would actually even call, and I would actually talk to the chief electrical inspector. And I would just say, hey, I'm going to be working in your area. I'm new to your area. You know, are there any things that are particular to your jurisdiction that you guys prefer to see? Like if I know in advance, you know, you, you don't want me to use zip ties to put my MC cable. You want me to use whatever. I'm probably going to do it, even if it's not a code yeah, issue. Of course, right. I want you happy when you get to my job site. Right, right. What I don't want to do is show up with you on the job site for an inspection that really out. helps to ease the friction yeah. it and it's just a, a smooth transition you it know because personalities come into play well, and, and we've even had them come on a job site and say oh well you know um i know you're trying to do a good job because you guys called us in advance and and you missed this over here so i'll tell you what if you'll go ahead and do that and take a picture of it right i'm going to go ahead and let you proceed with the project and you can show me the picture on the next inspection right and that's and that's, that's a relationship great. you know yeah a relationship you have to build okay Let's move on. Um, I, I mentioned here already the interpreting of the rules. We, we had that in the graphic there. Uh, approval of equipment. We mentioned that. The authority has a jurisdiction. Generally, what? Well, if it shows a listing, maybe it'd be a nice thing showing a, uh, maybe a listing on a product here or something like that. Um, special permission. The authority having jurisdiction may approve alternative methods where it's assured that equipment safety can be achieved and maintained. I'm trying to think of a scenario where the guy was supposed to do it a certain way, but the the guy said, "But I can. I got engineering, and we, we had an engineering. We did it, and and we came up with another way of doing it. And there was a study that was done, and the, and the inspector said, "You know what? I'm okay with that." Can you guys think of any examples of uh, now? It's special permission, Mario. Another definition we got to be watching for, and the definition of special mission. So the, as we're going along, all these little terms I mentioned in the Marty's writing, and we're going to sit there and do a little summary of all the special permission, just to mean, well, special permission, no. There's a definition of special permission. That means it's in writing. The inspector said, okay, in writing. That you has to be in writing. Okay, in writing. All right, move on. Waiver of product requirements. If the code requires products, construction, or materials that's not yet available at the time the NEC is adopted, 
the authority having jurisdiction can allow products that were acceptable in the previous code to continue to be used. So in other words, if the code says, hey, from now on, we want you to start doing it this way, um, but, you just, but you just made the code rule and there is no product that I can buy. As a matter of fact, the UL hasn't even created a standard to test it. So th there's no standard, there's no product, and what do I do? Do I not like install anything anymore because there's no standard? And the code said, well, look, if we require something that needs to be meeting a certain standard and there is no product that meets that standard, then use the previous requirements that was permitted previously in the code. And then once the product has a standard and once the product is available, then of course, then now you can, you can use that. So it's very common, almost every code cycle to require, rapid shutdown came, down, came out at one time for solar applications. Uh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. When new AFCIs first came out. AFCIs or probably, there's a lot of different new products coming out. The code will require the product. Well, they don't make it. Well, now UL will make it and manufacturers will make it because then you got a market, right? The code says you have to have something that's not been made before. That's what I'm talking about. So what do you want to do as a manufacturer? Do you want to make something and then try to get the code to pass it? Or do you want to get the code to pass it and then you go make it? The code to pass Yeah, it. let's get the code guys to get that thing in there. And then we'll figure out how we're going to make it work. But let's get the rule in there so we, can, so we have a market automatically built. First, the market is going to be able to capture that. Joe. This is uh, related to a lot of times, for example, like some cities are still on the 08 NEC and... For example, a microinverter is not mentioned in the NEC in the 2008 because I don't believe it was available back then. But if a contractor wants to use it on a job, the code, only the newer codes talk about it, the contractor would have to follow a newer version of the code. Same thing is with low voltage lighting, that is the DC low voltage with the grid. 08 code doesn't mention that. But a newer version mentions it. So could somebody go to that city and install it? Probably yes, if he follows the newer version of the code. That's kind of a unique situation. If somebody has not adopted a code, let's say they're on the 2011 code, and then you have the 14, and you have the 17, and now we have the 20, and there's new products. See, the code generally does not prohibit you from installing a product. It has a requirement that there be a product. So if you're in 2008 and there was no AFC, well, let's say uh, 2008. What about the TCERJP, the generator cable? Okay, there's a generator cable. Okay, the 2008 code says here's what you can do, but they make a new product. And the new code has a new requirement allowing the product. Well, that's not recognized by the 2008, so you could not use it. Right. But you'd have to then go to the authority having jurisdiction. Hey, listen, exactly. could we waiver a rule? Could I show you that since the new code allows this mm -hmm. and the old code does not allow that, that right. but I can show you. Let me go back here. Special permission. I want to go by special permission. The authority <coughs> having jurisdiction can, may approve alternative methods. Right. Where it's assured. Well, clearly, if you can do it in the 2020 code or the 2017 code, but your code doesn't recognize it, the oh. fact that it's in the code should be enough to, I'll put it in writing, I'll do it per the 2020 code yeah. because it wasn't recognized. I think that would be perfect. Yeah, and I've run into that a lot and a lot of different scenarios where we have used the newer version of the code, although 
we haven't adopted it yet. Well, a newer version of code obviously has to be as safe, if not safer. Yeah. Right. But, so therefore, yeah. a newer code installation should be acceptable equivalent for previous code. 